0: The mess it up podcast where we take your mess and turn it into a message. And now, here's the Bowtie Guy. Hey guys, welcome back into the Mess It Up podcast. I am your loving host, Paul, the Bowtie Guy, and we are here to continue our uh, walk through the steps uh, on about a 12 or so week uh, series. Uh, I say twelve or so, even though there's twelve weeks. We're going to do one a week. Um, we've got Christmas in there. We've got Thanksgiving in there. We have got New Year's in there. So I know I'll probably be doing some special shows in between. So it's going to take us, you know, twelve to fifteen or sixteen weeks, just kind of depending on what happens with all that kind of stuff. Uh, but anyhow, uh, happy to have you. Thanks for being here. Let me tell you a couple of things about our show in case you're a new listener, don't know, or you're an old listener, you just want to hear it all over again. Uh, first of all, we are all over the place on these social medias. We have uh, a, a Twitter account, we have Instagram, we have Facebook, and we're also on MySpace and Reddit. So check us out in those different places, uh, get involved with, uh, with conversation and, uh, and mirth, and uh, just makes it a whole lot more fun if people are being social on the socials. Uh, so please join us there. Uh, you can also email me at uh, Guy at Podcast.com or you can get uh, Intern Dave at Info at MessItUpPodcast.com, and you can send along any of your show ideas or Song of the Week ideas or Word of the Week ideas. And speaking of the Magical Word of the Week, this week our Word of the Week is cognizant, and that means being aware of something. And uh, if you can use the word cognizant in a sentence this week, give yourself... uh, 10 bonus points each time you use it. You can uh, do that, and no limit on bonus points. You can collect as many as you do, and it's up to you to be honest. So uh, bonus points between you and God, uh, and um, don't abuse it, people. Uh, so that's the uh, the name of that tune. Uh, we are on, obviously, we're a podcast, and so we're on a var- variety of podcast catchers out there. And one thing that you could really do to help out the show is to go and give us a rating On those, uh, whatever podcast listening uh, service you're using, whether it's uh, Apple Podcasts or Spotify or whatever it is, if you could give the show a rating, that'll help us uh, bounce up in the. Algorithms that they use to help new people find it. And we always love to have new people find the show. If you were listening a couple of weeks ago, Neil found us, um, and uh, you know it'd be harder for him to find us if we didn't have good ratings. So go out there and give us a good rating on that. And if you've got a little bit extra time, give us a review. Just write a, a short review, or you can make a long one, and that will let people know that the show is important, and uh, hopefully get them listening as well. We are 100% listener. Supported here at Mess It Up Podcast. And one of the ways that you can support us financially, help us pay the bills, is by becoming a patron. And you can do that very easily by going to the MessItUpPodcast.com website and click on Become a Patron. And that'll take you to our Patreon page. For a little as little as $1 a month, you can financially support the show and uh, help keep us on the air. So we appreciate all of our patrons. If you do become a patron, you get a copy of my book, Still in Beta. Uh, You can get it in your choice of ebook on Apple Books or on your Kindle, or you can get a paperback version as well. Uh, So um, welcome to anybody who's subscribing, who's a new subscriber. We really appreciate you, and uh, if you want to give it a try, we encourage that. And if it's not for you, you can cancel at any time and uh, no... No hard feelings, but the show will always be free to listen, um, so uh, keep on listening whether you're a patron or not. And I guess that's about enough of, uh, of that blather for now. Uh, it's time for me to introduce the better part of my show, which is the better part of my life. Uh, my guest Bev this week. Say hi to folks, people. Hi Bev. everybody,
1: <laughs> and uh, yeah, um, I want to be the first person to get bonus points today. So I'm going to say that uh, uh, I'm cognizant that you could have anybody on this uh, podcast that you wanted, but you picked me today. So I feel
0: really honored. Well, that is really, really sweet. And if I was gonna have anybody, you know, you're always my favorite person to have on. Um, and I love the fact that you think I could have anybody that I wanted because, uh, you well, know, yeah. it's tough to get people on the show because people get <laughs> all shy and nervous on me. But uh, thanks. If you do want to become part of the show and you want to be, you know, on, on the show, it's easy uh, to do with a Zoom call. So uh, you can email info at com. Intern Dave will pass your information along to me. And we love to have people on the show as a guest or to share their story, talk about how their mess became a message. Uh, all that good stuff uh, is... Within the realm of possibility. So, um, yeah, join us. Thanks for joining, Bev. Um, today we are here to talk about step number two. I say as I listen, and I don't listen to the show, honestly, people. I don't go back and, and re-listen to the show very often. But Bev listens all the time, and so I can hear her listening. And I find that I say and, and I say ah, uh, and I say um a lot. So I'm trying to avoid those kind of vocal cues or delays or whatever they happen to be. It's difficult because I uh, I just did it. Yeah. I like to say them. But we're talking about step number 2. Last week we talked about step number 2 or 1 which said we admitted we were powerless over our addictions and compulsive behaviors that our lives become unmanageable. This week we're looking at step number 2 that says we came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. And the verse that goes along with that is Philippians 2.13. It says, For it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. And I think it's important to note that this is a, a process that I do with God, these steps. I'm not doing it by myself. I'm not doing it on my own. I'm not doing it in my own strength. I'm doing it with God as my strength, as my higher power, and letting him be in control. And for me, this was a tricky step because it's it's a giving up control step. Um, and, and control is a big deal with me. I think it's a big deal with a lot of people, but, but I love to be in control of things. And it says we came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity, which means I can't do it on my own. I've got to have someone else's help, and that's a big admit for me to become cognizant of the fact that Paul can't do it on his own. Because I like to be the guy who can do everything on his own, and uh, you know, the person to go to when you need help or, or to fix a problem or whatever. And and this step says it really simply. I can't. I can't always be the person to do it. I need to have help to do it.
1: Yeah, uh, you know, I'm looking here at the principle that also goes along with the step uh, in celebrate recovery and principle two says, earnestly believe that God exists, that I matter to him and that he has the power to help me recover and that goes along with beatitude um, I don't remember which number but the one from Matthew 5 4 it says, happy are those who mourn for they shall be comforted and where you talked about uh, giving up the uh, giving up control, Paul, the the thing that the little phrase that jumps out at me in principle number two is that I matter to Him, that I matter to Him. Yeah. Um, because in addition to the control factor, is I know in my life there was a a difficult journey believing mm-hmm. truly that I matter to God, that I am. As you say, his favorite yeah. out of all the people in the whole wide world. And by the way, so are you.
0: Yeah. So um,
1: anyway, I love that principle. I love that. And
0: okay. and real quickly, I don't know if we talked about this last week, but in Celebrate Recovery, uh, we have a series of uh, principles that go along with the steps. There's eight principles based on the Beatitudes and 12 steps. And so that's what Bev's talking about with the principle um, that uh, Pastor Rick Warren came up with when they, when they started Celebrate Recovery. It, it, it was based on these 12 steps and eight principles. So um, what about this second step, um, you know, step two, coming to believe, what about that was easy for you? Or, or or let's, let's start with difficult. What was what was difficult about it?
1: Oh, I had already gotten my brain set for the easy oh, part. Oh, well then tell us okay. easy. Okay, well, the easy part for me was believing that God exists. You know, that that there is a power that's greater. Um, yeah. And I think that's probably just uh, growing up in a home where God was the central part of our home. So it was easy to believe that he exists. Mm-hmm. You
0: know. yeah and that could be a tricky <laughs> thing for people who are coming in that are not Christians or not saved this is accepting that Christ is in control and that that there is a God there that that can do these things that we trust him to do uh it, it that that's not for like for someone like you that was just from birth mm-hmm. you know brought up in church and I was brought up at church it's a lot easier to accept those things things than to have to learn something new, I think. Um, but the flip side of that is, you know, I was brought up, like I say, at church, but not really in church. And we didn't practice our faith. It wasn't required of me. We didn't, you know, spend a lot of time reading the Bible or, or understanding it. And so when I walked away, then I had to, to walk back. And, and I think that, that walking back really solidified my faith just like a person who is not born a christian but becomes one they've they've made a conscious decision Mm. to accept that not just a you know i didn't decide to be an american I was just an american i was born here uh but making that conscious decision when you move my mom uh, moved from canada to america and her sisters asked when after my father passed away they said well well, now that, that Bob's gone, are you going to come back to Canada? She's like, no, I'm an American now. She she made that conscious decision, and she she holds on to it a little bit tighter than maybe other people might. Uh, so, uh, yeah, yeah, that it's an important part of the step that understanding of of Christ. Um,
1: yeah, yeah. Uh, I just wanted to say that while you were talking, I was thinking that um, one of the things that made a difference, probably that made God easy um, to believe in. Was the fact that I was sort of taught and it was modeled to me to see God in everything versus find God in everything. And I, I'm not so sure that everybody has been brought up to. Can you say
0: more about the difference? To, yeah. To that for yeah.
1: You? Um, if I. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'd love to say more, but, um, and I should have known that you would throw that at me because that's like <laughs> your, your usual tagline, um, to see something and to find something has a different connotation, uh, to see something means that you're expecting it. And so you go and you know, you're going to, you know, it's there to find God means you may have to shuffle through a lot of thinking, uh, things that may, uh, prevent you from finding it, dig through it, persevere, um, and then continue that search until you find it. And so God was easy to see because I was taught that he was everywhere. Um, and I, 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 don't, I don't quite really understand how foundations are built as children that really breathe life into our future as we grow up. But I know that that was a foundation that I was that my faith was built on. Um, that, that God is there, so He's there, and, right. and you're gonna you're gonna see Him everywhere.
0: Right. You know. Right. It just is.
1: And He's not hidden. Right. He's not hidden. He doesn't make Himself scarce. Yeah. You know, or hard to find.
0: So, yeah. Well, and the the second part of this proposition in this step, you know, is that 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 higher power that God can restore us to sanity and the thing that always stands out to me on this step is the word restore
2: Mm -hmm.
0: and restore means to put back it doesn't say we'll create sanity in my life Mm -hmm. it says it'll restore it so that means i have been sane and there are times (laughs) when i feel like am i crazy am i just losing my mind is anything you know does anything make sense anymore and it's scary to feel that way but I can see through this step that God is going to restore that sanity. Now I, I don't always know how. I don't know when. Um, but I know that He will. and I know that it's been there before. And I you know, one of the common themes that I will teach about is that it's easier to do something the second time than it is the first. And so it's easier for God to restore my sanity than it would be for me to find sanity that never existed um, in an insane place. Uh, it's it's very easy for me to look at the world and say, "Oh, it's just the world is crazy and you know gone to hell in a handbasket." Mm-hmm. But God created all this. You know, it's it, it feels chaotic, but God is a God of of order, and He's got a plan. And, you know, the, the if you look at the bingo cage, the balls are bouncing all over the place. But the plan is they're going to bounce and they're mm-hmm. going to get randomized and they're going to come out and we're going to have something. And God's got a plan for what seems random and chaotic to me. God understands what's going on and why it's going on and, and where it's going.
1: Yeah, I, I believe that part of the difficulty you had asked earlier, what's easy, what's hard part of the hard part for me is um, reconciling the gap between what I see happening every day in our world and the fact that there's a higher power out there that's in control and sometimes trying to bring those two things together and I'm not trying to be all theological because the Lord knows I can't be theological. I don't even know how to do that, but it, um, when you look around you and you see evil happening uh, you know uh, you begin to wonder why is that if God is so in control why um, and he we hear he's so good and that he loves us so much then the question is why why do these things happen and so uh, that yeah, hurt those, us those you know? questions
0: that we ask those if. <laughs> Those how, those why, mm-hmm. you know, questions yeah. about God and the rest of the world. It's it's a difficult thing to wrap my head around for me. And I think the reason it is, is because I'm trying to force everything into the Paul shape filter that is not the shape of God. And I say, well, this is the outcome that I want. and This is what it should be if there was a god it would be like this but you were just telling me today that you know you were reading through your bible and you're going through kings i believe you said mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and looking at you know if you go through the kings it's it's a tennis match this guy was good and then his son was horrible and then his son was good and then his son was and it's just back and forth and and we look at that and we say well it's obvious that the things were bad because they weren't obedient mm-hmm. We don't look at it and say, oh, it's obvious that things were bad because there was no God, because God didn't know what was going on, because God wasn't in control. It's so easy for me in hindsight to look at people and say, oh, yeah, that's why. But I want this immediate reaction is like, okay, it's been a a week that I've been praying, God, how come things haven't changed? I look at the Bible and things go on for generations. Mm
1: -hmm. And God even sometimes says you won't see you won't see the results of this. Right. You know, they may outlast your life. Right. Um, you know, I, I think one of the key verses in the Bible, if people ask about what is really a uh, an important verse, is the one in Proverbs that says, lean not into your own understanding, because our understanding is always going to, and I believe you did a podcast on that, on understanding. Um, it's always gonna leave us leave us wanting. Answers and wondering where in the world did this you know get off the path, but um, that is just where faith has to come in, which goes back to the principle too. Yeah, know?
0: and and I don't know about if it's going to leave us wondering, but it leaves me wondering for sure. Yes, I can guarantee that. And and that's you're right that that should be you know part of the basic instructions before you read the Bible is okay. Read this verse before you read anything else, and mm-hmm. and read this verse before you go out in the morning. You know, Mm -hmm. don't trust yourself because yourself will mess up. Mm -hmm. You know, myself gets greedy. Myself gets jealous. Myself gets selfish. And my own understanding basically is me trying to manipulate things to my benefit. And sometimes that's not good.
1: Yeah, sometimes I believe that I'm seeking comfort more than I'm seeking peace. I just, I want relief Mm, from whatever it is that's causing me to be sad or uncomfortable or in pain or just hurting some way. And I just want to be done with that. Right, yeah.
0: I've been dealing with my sore hip for a week now and and I get that point where I was like, I just wanted to stop, you know, hurting. Just, you know, cut this hip out of my body. And uh, I was thinking the other day, you know, it, a bad hip was good enough for Jacob, so it's going to have to be good enough for mm, Paul. Yeah. Uh, i just going to have to deal with that. Well, um, speaking of absolutely nothing but looking at the, uh, <laughs> the, uh, the old clock on the wall, as they say, uh, I can see that we have um, gotten pretty far into this thing. And I want to just talk a little bit about our song of the week to give us a little bit of a break. Um, I heard a song on the uh, radio uh, a week or so ago, and I put it into the list. And this is a song by a, an artist I was not familiar with. His name is Andrew Rip, and the song is called Jericho. And it's just a real, uh, you know, foot stomper for me. So uh, I want to play a little bit of this, and we'll be back on the other side to talk about it. But right now, here's about 90 seconds from Andrew Rip. The song is called Jericho.
2: Jericho's got to come down.
0: So I really, really dig that song. Like I said, it's a real foot stomp. First time I heard it, I was like, ah, oh, this is a big, you know, just a good foot stomper. not quite the swamp stomp of like a, uh, Crowder, but still it gets you moving and grooving. And I love songs that do that. What, what stands out for you there, Bev? Uh,
1: I had just finished reading this story in my Bible and, um, well, it's been a couple weeks now, but that one was really a profound story for me. And, uh, I know that people could explain that story away if you're not familiar with that. Uh, You might want to go back and look at that story. But I've heard people say that when those walls fell down uh, for Joshua, that it was probably an earthquake. But I don't think it was that. You know, I, I just think God performed a miracle and then marching around like that caused the ground to shake until it just broke the walls down. But it was because of their intentional effort. You know, they intentionally went in to win that battle and and that's what brought the walls down. But the line that really jumps out at me here is in uh, the second verse where it says, truth was crashing through the pride and the blame cutting straight into the heart of me. Mm -hmm. Long before I ever called your name, you were fighting for my victory. And um, two weeks ago, I shared my testimony at Celebrate Recovery and it was the most honest testimony that I've ever written um, and shared and it was amazing how as I, I read it that Friday night in front of the small crowd I did feel that walls were falling down in me and the walls that fell down in me were was mostly that wall of pride mm. um, because I had hid behind that hidden behind that for so many years, still trying to hold up that facade of being good and perfect. Um, So anyway, that one really speaks to me about the wall of pride coming down.
0: Yeah. And uh, the one that, as we were listening to this, uh, while we took our break, uh, you commented on that last line of the bridge, uh, terrify the lies Mm. with truth. Mm. And, and that's, that's what we do when we share our testimony, is we get rid of the lies and we confront it with truth and the truth isn't always what I want people to hear but it always kills the lies and it always puts the power back in my side of the equation that it's now my weapon against evil, my truth instead of evil's weapon against me that I'm trying to keep my secret Uh, because my secret and my truth are the same thing It's all a matter of the perspective that I use. When I'm sharing it and making it not a secret, it is now my truth and it is my weapon and it is my, my, the thing that will ultimately free me, even though it might make people hate me. You know, if I go out on the street corner right now in, in town with a bullhorn and I tell everybody the things that I've done, people aren't going to run up and give me hugs. No. You know, people are going to going to say things and and shake their fist at me and and want to hit me and that kind of so it's not it's not like okay if you just tell the truth everyone's going to love you that's no that's not how it works no but it takes away the power of me trying to keep that secret and and um and you know this song just is, is so it's not a long song but it's filled with stuff um you know verse 1 crying out to you lord i'm desperate uh, love come rattle this cage mm. and set me free and it, it's great because the word picture that he paints is the picture of the lies and the the stuff that he has built up and that that I've built up in my own life to protect me in this this fortress of lies and we need God to come and break that because honestly satan's going to just pitch in roll up his sleeves oh, and, yeah. and grab a you know trowel and put some mortar on those bricks oh, yeah. yeah you know he's happy to put me in a prison of my own lies and yeah. and i need god to break those down which is why i love how he took jericho and not just have a you know cute you know because if you grew up a church you remember joshua put the button. oh well, gosh Jer- yes yeah. yes this is not about joshua this is taking that story and making it real to me today
1: right right um that very first line uh reminds me of how much time i spent wasted um you know, playing tit for tat with, with Satan. Um, it says I was stacking up the years I spent trading punches with the enemy. Now I wasn't just out there dabbling in evil, trying to make the world horrible. But what I did was I gave credence and time and energy to listening to his lies. And, um, so, you know, I, I realized that, just like the story you've always told about kids on the playground chasing each other. The way to stop the chase is to stop running. Mm-hmm. And it would have been so easy for me to just put the boxing gloves down, stop. And instead of punching with Satan, turn around and just say, Okay, Lord, here I am. You know, take me out of this game. Um, but I was just tangled up in that. Yeah, you know,
0: And, and you said, you know, the, the trading lies... Um, and trading punches, it, some of what we do is not necessarily trading lies, but accepting lies. I, yes. I think about, um, you know, the upcoming election here. We are, as I record this, this is uh, October 26th. And so the election is a week or so away. And whatever, whoever you're voting for, don't fool yourself. You are excusing wrongdoing. By anybody, because nobody's perfect. Sure. And we're accepting that their wrongdoing is either less than or more acceptable than the other person's mm-hmm. wrongdoing. And if if you're out there, you know, saying that, you know, my candidate is, you know, the second coming of Jesus, you're confused. Uh, and and we, we do that. People do that with me. People do that with, you know, our families or whatever. We excuse, we allow it to be okay to feel a certain way or do a certain thing or, or whatever it is. And and it's just that justification uh, cycle that can be so easy to get into. And and that's this denial. I mean, I'm going backwards to step one, but that's just the denial that we live in. And we have to realize that God is going to restore us to sanity and he's going to do it through truth. He's going to do it through you know, uh, righteousness and and not through lies.
1: Yeah, I was uh, looking at the uh, participant guides uh, that we use in Celebrate Recovery for our step studies and underneath the Acrostic for Hope, which is uh, that lesson that, that corresponds with principle two and step two, Uh, The H in hope is for higher power, and this is what it says. Our higher power has a name, Jesus Christ. Jesus desires a hands-on, day-to-day, moment-to-moment relationship with us. And here's the profound statement. He can do for us what we have never been able to do for ourselves. So I know I run around miserable, frantically trying to put together the seconds of my life and making them meaningful when, realized, when I realize that I can just rest and say, God, you can do what I can't do for me. And right. and then the word submit is the hard part. Yeah, you know?
0: And and that's, you know, I, I hate to have, uh, you know, take issue with Pastor John for writing this lesson. You know, but that line that you says, what we have never been able to do for ourselves, what we can never do. What right. we will never right, be right. able to do for Absolutely. ourselves because we can't. I can't do it for right. myself. If you can do it for yourself, it's temporary. Yes. It's it's Wiley e. Coyote hanging on to the stick on the side of the cliff. Your fingers are going to get sore. They're going to get tired. The stick is going to break. You're going to fall. And there's going to be a little poof in the dust when you hit the bottom.
1: And then, you know, a, a subject for another podcast someday, you know, would be you know why do we continue to do that when we know that? Yeah, that we're you know the the white knuckling doesn't work and how we have to. We I think that I have to learn that from watching other people, but I don't always want to do
0: that. Well, you know yeah. we talk about uh, in recovery, you know hitting rock bottom, and and I I use that wily e. coyote
2: mm-hmm.
0: analogy a lot, but that's what he hits at the bottom. He hits you know rock bottom. He you fall until you can't fall yes. anymore. Uh, you fall until something stops you, and hopefully you don't crash through the floor and bounce. But at some point, when that momentum stops going downward, you're either going to stay there or you're going to go up.
1: Well, you know, <clears throat> we've spent a lot of time talking today about truth, God's truth. And um, I, I know I've done this myself, and I've heard it from other people, and that is that many times... We lie to ourselves so long that our lies become our truth, and um, when we match that up against God's truth, oh my goodness, it is so far from what really is truth, Um, and that's dangerous territory to be walking on when we actually believe our own lies and think they're they're truth.
0: Yeah, it's... um the more I tell myself that lie the more truthful it becomes mm-hmm. I, I think about that with I was having a conversation with my aunt we, we actually started this podcast got almost admitted into it and my aunt called me to check on my mom my mom had just had surgery on her hip and then she said well my aunt talked to my mom and she said well she seemed a little confused about what she was doing and and I said well yes yeah, she's told herself these things for so long mm-hmm. she started to self-diagnose and and didn't have the you know, medical knowledge. And so she's told herself lies that now have become her truth. And, and it's easy for me to point to my mom and say, well, she did that. Or, you know, some other person, but I do that all the time. I I tell myself uh, with my hip, Hey, it's just a little sore. Oh, it'll be okay. Oh, if I roll over this way. Oh, if, Mm -hmm. if I put some ice on it. Oh, if I do, you know, there's, there's a problem in there that needs to be addressed.
1: Yes. And it's funny to me that when I'm trying to convince somebody else of that, of my truth, I always tag on the word honestly, or (laughs) to tell you the truth, or really, you know, and it's like, I just know that I'm exaggerating and embellishing on what is not true, you know.
0: So, So, step two, we came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. How does that look in your life, Bev? What Can you give us uh, an example, or just tell us how did this step become real for you when you took this step
1: um you know when i'm working my steps if i want to call it that and we're kind of on a one year cycle according to the calendar to celebrate recovery i find myself uh, working more as an escalator than a group of stairs you know or steps because i'm constantly have to recycle come back around to you know a step and rework it again. But to to get to the answer of your question, this was a really hard one for me. Step two. And, and it was all because of that I matter to him problem. And um to to really intr- and truly uh, from, you're, you're from principle two. I'm yeah. sorry, okay. I jumped back and forth. Um the part that says earnestly believe believe that God exists, that I matter to him and that he has the power to help me recover. Um, This was a hard one for me. And I remember specifically saying to my sponsor when I was sharing my inventory, you know, I just still have a hard time believing that God truly loves me. And she could have taken a two by four and hit me across the, the back with it. And it wouldn't have felt any different than the statement that she said to me. And it was this, Bev, you are really arrogant in mm. saying that. Mm. And uh, that was the first time I'd been uh, slapped with the truth that to say that God doesn't love me was a flat out lie that I had listened to and was putting me above God. And it broke my heart. Yeah, And um, so then to to bring my life, you know, when you, when you come upon a place where you have to stomp the brakes on in your car and you come to screeching halt, and then the kid runs across in front of you, chasing the ball, then it takes a little while to process that later. Sure. And so it, the rest of that year, I was still processing that statement. And, um, it put me on a search where I started reading my Bible and, uh, I'm sorry to say that I didn't stick with it real long, but now I've recently picked that back up again. And by reading the Bible, I, I'm seeing every day through those pages that God really does love me; that I matter to Him. So um, that was that's where I'm starting to grow in that area.
0: Right, and as it regards step two, um, you know, talking about restoring us to sanity, uh, that's the part for me was just accepting that there was sanity out there uh, Mm -hmm. and that's what really made a difference for me is that, okay, not only can I attain sanity, but it's been there before. Mm -hmm. Um, And sometimes that's a tricky part for me because I'm very firm in my belief that I don't want what I had before Mm -hmm. because if I get it back, I'll just do the same thing with it. So I don't want God to give me everything that I had back and restore my life to what it was. I want him to restore my life to what it will be, if that makes sense. And, um, you know, when when we restore a building, I'm, I'm going to be going up to my daughter and son-in-law's house in a little while and helping them restore the house that they just bought. And they'll be moving in in a couple weeks and um, a couple days, actually. And uh, it will be uh, a good thing for us to know that we're going to restore this thing, just think this, but they don't. Th- and and for my own life, it's like, well, I'm not that crazy. I'm not in a padded cell. I'm not whatever. Mm-hmm. But then on the other hand, I'm, I'm this.
1: I guess in recovery, it's always dangerous to put yourself on a scale, you know, right. where we're comparing ourselves to anybody else, um, which is all the more reason to be excited about the fact that the Bible says God looks on the heart. Yeah. So he knows us intimately all the way down to our intentions, you know, our, our upbringing, our background. Yeah.
0: Yeah. so Yeah. He does uh, completely. And like you said before, we're his favorite. He wants the best for us. He wants the best for me. Uh, he wants me to succeed. He wants me to be the best Paul possible. And if I follow his guidance; it will yield good results. Last Friday, I got a call from my grandson Gabriel, and well, I got a text, and it was a picture, you know, in it, and it was, I could see grid paper, and I could see lots of pencil (laughs) marks, and I could see math. And he's like, wrote this long thing, and I was like, you know what, Gabriel, let me come over, and we'll get this worked out. And the first thing we did was, I said, okay. We're going to redo this on another piece of paper so we can see where we went wrong with it. Because if we do it on the same paper, we'll start agreeing with the problem. We know that you didn't get the right answer, so we know there's a problem in here. And it's easy to agree with what's wrong if you don't completely change the perspective. And I showed him how to write it a little bit differently, a little bit neater. And he found that whereas he thought he was right, because Gabriel has a strong... (laughs) <laughs> feeling of I'm right. He looked at me and he said, Oh wow, your way worked, Papa. And it was so much quicker and easier. And he knew that I knew this. And that's why he came to me in the first place. And when I come to God in the first place, and I know that he knows, even though I think, well, I've got this way, you know, it's that old Dr. Phil thing. Well, how's that worked out for you? And yes. it hasn't worked out for me. So it behooves me to accept the difference of God.
1: Sure, and, and I believe that every morning I need to be getting up and thanking God for putting people on my path um, that can help correct me, and I saw that as a burden for so long. I was so afraid of that and so defensive about that, and now I realize that that's just part of this whole walk of life is accepting uh, correction or advice or a better way
2: mm-hmm. from
1: someone who loves you and says, Hey, why don't you just try this? This might be better for you. Right. What, what do we have to lose? I mean, Insanity. Yes. Yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Crazy out of control life, uh, pain, yes. uh, misery. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's so much that we have to lose. And I cling to all that stuff. Isn't it Like true? a fool. You know, I cling to the burning log in the ocean because I don't want to get into the, the lifeboat. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Well, um, thank you for joining us. This has been Step 2. We're going to be back next week with Step 3 to talk, and we're just going to keep on chugging through the steps. Uh, It's really – I love taking time to just break it down small and and really delve into it, so I really appreciate that. Uh, I want to remind you of our social media places. Go find us on those social media things. At some point – during the uh, the next uh, two months here, during, you know, the, I'm air quoting, holiday season, <laughs> there's going to be a holiday gift card. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to put a picture of it up on social media somewhere. It'll either be on our Twitter or Facebook or Instagram. You don't know where. I don't know where. Uh, but it'll be a gift card that'll have a certain amount of money on it. And as long as there's money, people can use it. And once the money runs out, you can't use it anymore. Uh, so get involved on the social and be looking for that uh that holiday surprise at some point. Um, please uh, consider becoming a patron by going to our website, messituppodcast.com, clicking on that patron uh, Patreon button so that you can help support us financially. We'd really appreciate that. Write a review, um, give us a rating, all those good things, or just drop us a line uh, on the email to let us know what you think of the show. Whether it's uh, something you agree with or not, I uh, would love to hear from you. And that's Bowtie Guy at MessItUpPodcast uh, I saw you writing a note. Was there anything, any no, any final no? Final I stuff just that you had I, to say? I
1: know that you are the forgetterer of the world. Okay, so I'm putting a note to remind you about the holiday gift card. Oh wow,
0: <laughs> Ben wants to make sure that that happens. Nice, very nice. Um, well, uh, I'm super excited to. Uh, to, to have you here, Bev. Thanks so much for doing this. Thank we you. will be back next week with, uh, with another show and it might be a special guest, uh, coming in to talk about a ministry that I'm going to go record, uh, hopefully tomorrow. Um, if the schedule allows, uh, and so we'll either be back next week with a special guest or we'll be back with step three and another guest or something, but we will be back next week. Yes, That's we my are. main story. Uh, so, uh, thank you guys for listening. really love uh, the fact that you support the show. And we will see you next time we mess it up. Thanks for checking out the Mess It Up podcast. If you've got any questions or feedback, please email info at com. Don't forget to share with your friends. And we'll see you next time we mess it up.